Before thee let my cry come near, O Lord, true to thy word, teach me before thee. We are thankful that you are able to join us today as Pastor Mark Robinette preaches another sermon at Foundation Church here in Mount Sterling, Ohio. If this message is an encouragement to you, and we pray that it will be, please consider taking the time to go to www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org and let us know. Thank you, and may the Lord richly bless you through His Word. Let my lips thy praise confess, yea, of thy word my tongue would sing, yea, Well, greetings this Lord's Day in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our King. Greetings. It's a wonderful privilege to be uh, called by God into His presence to worship Him uh, as His sons. And what an unexpected, wonderful thing. To be saved from the horrors of sin is one thing, but then to be called a son of God to be included, to be asked to say, come on up and sit with me in heavenly places in Christ. What a wonderful thing. You know, today, many of us are uh, glad to be resting from our labors. I know Steve's been putting in a lot of extra time trying to prepare for his trip. I know that a lot of us have been trying to plan and put things together. But today, that's all come to an end. Amen? Today, God calls us into his presence to... Forget about the things we normally think about. To quit worrying about and working on things that can wait. Amen? Who's able to do what needs to be done? God is. Just as he calls us when we earn our living to say, look, you can give 10% to me and you can live on 90. Watch how I can make it work. God says you can live on six days. You don't have to take a seventh. We can... Uh, show through time and through our understanding of these things that we can rest in God. The whole world is working or catching up or doing what they're doing, but today, the people of God, we rest. David talked about this, and I preached about it uh, a few weeks ago before the snowstorm. David had worked hard and labored under great difficulty when he wrote Psalm 3. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many are be thou which say of my soul, there is no help for him. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Lord, you are the glory and the lifter of my head. When I cried unto the Lord with my voice, he heard me out of his holy hill. And so you know what I did? I laid me down to sleep, and I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, and save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. 
Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. And in doing so, he rested in God. May we rest today in the presence of God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we love you. We are thankful that as we come, knowing that we have sinned, you can and will and have forgiven us of our sins, so able and so willing to take our sins that are scarlet and make us white as wool. Lord, we come today hungry, but when we come hungering, we know that they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Lord, we come today longing to hear your voice. We are lonely for your voice. We, we say, oh, where is God? Speak to me. And in this day of rest, you will speak to us today. We will hear your voice. And by your voice, as the world was changed when you said, let there be light, as you speak, we will be changed today. And we will be made more like you. Amen. 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 My sermon is called Morning Rest. Everybody say Morning Rest. Morning Rest. So if any of you get sleepy uh, during the sermon, just lean over on your husband or your wife or one of your brothers and sisters and just relax and go on to sleep. It's all right with me. Morning Rest. You're going to find out that that's what Psalm 4 is about. It's about resting in God. How many of you sometimes just need to rest? How many of you just dream of it sometimes? What would it be like, oh God? <laughs> you know, David's like, oh Lord, hear me, oh Lord. Deliver me from my enemies. And we're praying, oh Lord, I would love to sleep in. It would be so fantastic. It would be so luxurious. Believe it or not, God has rest for you today. My text from Psalm 4 is the entire psalm. It's not that long. I'll read it for you. Starting in verse 1. To the chief musician on Nagonoth. A psalm of David. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? And how long will you love vanity and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear him and hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe. Sin not, commune with your own heart upon your bed, and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There may be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. For thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time of their corn and their wine. When it is increased, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, O Lord, makes me to dwell in safety. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, I can feel that rest that you have given us. I can feel it coming. Lord, we know, as the scripture says, that there remains a rest for the people of God. 
Lord, we know that rest is a gift to us because of your strength and your power and because of the safety which you offer us. And Lord, you give us shelter in the time of trouble, but then you also give us shelter in the time of goodness. Thank you, Lord, for this rest. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There's nothing quite like morning rest. For me, it's an extremely rare and wonderful treat when I get it. I actually got it recently. Andrew and I went on the Shepherds Conference and we went a day early and I, she's like, what are we going to do? I said, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to worry about a dog and we're not going to worry about little children and we're not going to worry about what time breakfast is and we're not going to worry about anything and we're going to sleep. That's what we're going to do. It was good. That sweet sleep that comes after a good hard day's work is good as Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes 5.12. He says, the, the sleep of a man who works hard is good. And that's, that's good, right? But there's something better. It's one thing about God's Word. There's all these good things it talks us about. There's these glorious things that the Bible shares with us. But what I love about it, Josh, is that there are more glorious things. Just when you think it's good, just when you are satisfied and excited, there is a never-ending ascent to the goodness of God and to His pleasures at His right hand. There are pleasures for forevermore. There's something even better about resting under a warm comforter after a good night's sleep when there are no time constraints, nothing that needs done. No more are you bone-weary, aching muscles falling like a heavy tree in the forest of your dreams, but you lie in your bed all snug and safe like a little cub bear nestled up to its mama. The dim, yet slow-growing, lovely light of the sun hidden behind the earth, just barely creeping in the darkness fading away. The world waking up slowly, the sounds of the birds. Come on now. Are you with me? That's good stuff. In these quiet moments of peace and safety, when the night is past and the new day has dawned, we can commune with our hearts upon our beds in peaceful revelry. We can lift up our praise and whispers to God and look to Him in silent celebration of His goodness and holiness. And here, this is when time stops and we get a foretaste of eternity. One of the things that I don't really like so much about our state, not that I'm not thankful, but it always seems that we're always in a hurry to be on to the next thing. And maybe it's just my personality, maybe you're not like this, but I love to be able to sit and talk to somebody without being interrupted. I would like for there not to be any need to look at a clock and just relax, listen to Luke, just talk and talk and talk. Luke's like, you've never done that. You always just talk when we're together. <laughs> it's because I'm in a hurry, Luke, that's why. If we could sort of push pause on the whole wide world and... And, and I really think this is what eternity is going to be. It's, going to, it's not going to be this anxious world we live in. There in that moment alone with God, set apart to Him, we can give thanks for what He has done 
And we can look ahead to the day that is coming before us with hope and expectation. You know, that's what Psalm 4 is about. Isn't it wonderful that there's a song about that? You know, God gave us this wonderful, incredible worship book. And because it was written in a different time and a different culture and in words that we don't really use today, I think we miss out on some of the loveliness that is being demonstrated here. Many Bible commentators and scholars believe that Psalm 4 was written as a companion to Psalm 3, which we talked about the last time we're together. Do you guys remember that? You remember what it was called? It was called rest in the time of trouble, right? Rest in the time of trouble. So, so there's that kind of rest when you're like, it's relentless and you just can't go on, but then you just say, all right, I'm going to trust in God. There's that kind, but then there's that other kind. That was good, but this is going to be better. Like the days of creation, there was an evening and a morning. And that's really what I see here. I see an evening, an evening, tired, weary, difficult, rest. But then there's the morning. And I think Psalm 3 and 4 are like the evening and the morning of a day that God is sharing with us in his word. Psalm 3, we know for sure, was written in the midst of deep pain and trouble. And so I'm going to, whether it was or wasn't, Psalm 4 was meant for this purpose. It certainly seems to fit. And maybe that's why so many commentators believe it was written after this was over. And God had delivered David and his kingdom into his hands. In Psalm 3, we see the labors of the psalmist against the temptation to despair. Against discouragement because of the calamities that came to him and all of Israel because of his egregious sins against God. Remember, he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her good husband, Uriah the Hittite, killed in such a deplorable and wanton and selfish way, a self-preservation. In Psalm 4, we see a man on the other side of this long night where the strain and hard work, because you see, that's what faith is sometimes, Andy. Faith is just hard work. Like, okay... It looks like this is never going to get better. It looks like bad things are going to happen. It looks like God's not hearing my prayers. It looks like there's no end to all of this. That's, that's, faith is hard because you have to say, yes, it will. That God will not put on me what I cannot bear. That God will not uh, take me into something for no reason. That all things work together for our good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. You see, the devil goes, you're wasting your time. You just need to quit right now. You need to get discouraged. You need to, God's not listening and he's not hearing and he's lying to you. Faith is hard work. And that's what David was doing in Psalm 3. He's working hard. He's like, oh, my enemies, they're after me. And oh God, how long can this be? And I just can't take it anymore. And this is so rough, but it finally gives way to sleep in the psalm. He says, I mean, right in the middle of a psalmery. Sleep. Kind of like the last thing you want someone to do, maybe in a song, right? In the middle of your song is fall asleep, right? You know? It's not until after this deep retreat of sleep in Psalm 3 that Psalm 4 opens to us. It leads us to a deeper, more lovely Can you hear it? A lovely rest. 
a closer communion with God. You see, this is a song. It's what Psalm 4 is. Haven't you ever heard the notes of a song? And as soon as you hear them, Steve, you're just like, Oh, God. And that's different than, Oh, God. Right? God is washing away the dark stains of a long night of suffering. It's giving way to a new day. That's what Psalm 4 is. It's a song to remember what God does. I'm going to read Psalm 3. And I'm going to take you from Psalm 3 to Psalm 4. And I'm going to try to give to you what David gave to the people of Israel in Psalm 4. You ready? Lord, how they are increased that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me, and many be which say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down, and I slept. And I awaken, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. O Lord, arise and save me, O God of my salvation. For thou hast smitten the enemies upon the cheek and hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Blessing is upon the people. In this Psalm 3, which I called last week, Rest in the Time of Trouble, there are three musical rests. They're not rests, as Andy sent out a message this week, not rests to be read. We don't read and then go, Selah. They're rests to be taken in music. There was a pause in the music for effect and action. David is anguishing. He's going through great difficulty. You can see him striving in the psalm and the music stops. And you can feel the pain and the difficulty. He strives against what he sees in front of him like we often do in our own lives. Against what God has said. That's what faith is all about. Faith is, okay, God has said this. But it looks like this. The Bible says that we need to walk by faith and not by, not by sight. This is a daily, constant struggle. That's what faith is all about. Faith is believing that what God has said is true. David was in a deep and discouraging pit of his own making. We talked a few weeks ago that trouble that comes into our lives that is, is bad, but trouble that we brought on ourselves, that's a different kind of trouble. Someone told me not to do it. Someone led me in this thing and said, please don't go here. You knew you shouldn't be doing what you were doing. And not only did you do the sin, not only did you do the wrong, but now wrong and difficulty has come on other people. Trouble is bad, but trouble that you caused is a whole nother. 
You know, being poor is bad. Being poor because you drove 75 and a 35 and you had to pay a $250 ticket. And you're like, that's bad. Remember the story after David had sinned with Bathsheba and killed Uriah the Hittite by letting the enemies of God kill him. God told him that he would suffer a curse for his sins. He who had sown death and sexual sin, murder, would suffer from this within his own house. The sword would never depart from his house. We know that his baby that had come from this union between him and Bathsheba, this baby would die. David would fast. He would not eat. He would pray. He would put ashes on his head. But even though he prayed, God did not relent. They asked him why he did it. He says, who knows if God might repent and might, might let my baby boy live. But he didn't. As we read this, we know that the very next verse, the very next chapter is David's firstborn son, Amnon. Finding that he's lusting after his half-sister Tamar and he rapes her. And Tamar's brother, her full brother Absalom, which is David's thirdborn, is filled with hatred and anger and revenge toward Amnon and why David does nothing to rectify the situation, nothing to fix it. Absalom, he smolders in his bitterness and his thoughts of revenge until it gives way to what? Murdering his brother Amnon. Absalom then flees to Geshur and David still does nothing, refusing to face what he has done and what has come into his own home because of his own sin he can't face he knows that he should have done something about Amnon. And now his uh, third born son, the one that is really rightfully to take the kingdom in because his second born son, the commentators believe, had died. The situation escalates when the spurned Absalom, ignored and shunned by his father, orchestrates a coup in Israel against David to replace him as king. This is when David wrote Psalm 3. In a hopeless time when he fled for his life, all seemed lost. And yet God had said, what had God said? He said, David, I will establish your kingdom. I will establish your throne forever. And yet it seemed as though in shame and disgrace he would lose his kingdom and he's running for his life. That's when he wrote Psalm 3. And we see how he overcome his faithlessness, right? And he said, Lord, you're the shield. I'm going to just go to sleep. I, I, I can't even protect myself. I can't protect my wives and my children and I can't save my kingdom. But you, oh Lord, you can do it. And he struggles with it. And he's like, that's it. I'm just going to sleep. I just can't do it, God. And he doesn't just go to a, a lazy, you know, nerve wracking, uh, you know, self-induced whatever of, of despair sleep. He goes into a restful sleep that says, I will trust in God. Walking by faith is hard because we're weak. Under the crushing weight of David's situation, though, David does not collapse. And in verse 5 of the psalm, he said, I laid me down and slept and I awakened, for the Lord sustained me. This is where we all have to come. His fear gives way to courage as the sun rises. Right? I won't be afraid of ten thousands. And he begins to declare, For thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Salvation belongs to the Lord. 
And as we go from this Psalm 4, this light playing again, Psalm 4, the sun rises the next day after David has come. He, not really the next day after he wrote it, but the day of this trouble. He had thought Mephibosheth had let him down and come to find out he never left him. He had wondered if he was going to live and now his enemies are gone and he's been restored. This is like the waking up. Verse 1 of Psalm 4 says, The chief musician on Naganoth. There are several psalms that begin this way, and the reason I had Brother Matt play for us today is because Naganoth simply means that what we know of, it's a stringed instrument. And so that's why I could kind of hear this in my mind and in my heart. I could hear these light pluckings of the tones. If I had thought to have Sarah uh, bring her harp, she would be doing this. You know, she'd be doing all kinds of fun stuff on it. If we could pack that thing and take it to Myanmar, we would. We would hypnotize those bunch of Buddhists and we'd just put on the, and they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then we'd like, just come to the waters of baptism. We'd not. <laughs> but it says to the chief musician on the light string, and you go, what is this about? Do you know God gave us music? Music is emotion in sound vibration that God has given us. You can hear a chord or you can hear a note or you can hear a series and we can feel it. We don't, this is such a strange thing. But it's a gift from God. And this gift from God was inspired and it was inspired to be accompanied by the sound of the strings. So let's do them again. Do, do the first, song, first ones again, yeah. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer, O God. That's what's going on in Psalm 4. That's what we want, right? We want God to hear us. We're not praying for reward points or ritual or penance. We want God to hear us and to come to us and to do something. And that's what God does. He hears us. Hear me when I call. Enlarge me. Have mercy on me, O Lord. And next he looks back to the earth and he realizes he's been one of these people to do the same thing. And I really think when he's talking to people, he's talking to himself. Because sometimes that's what we need to do. You ever do this? You ever go, what is wrong with you, Luke? You ever do this, Luke? What is wrong with you? You're so faithless. And so he, he does this. He says, Oh, you sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek lies? He's talking about himself. How long can I be stuck in this, oh God, when I've seen the loving, loveness of God? He says this questioningly, almost like a bridge. Something that God was speaking to me as I was looking into this. It was like he was saying... Why do men foolishly 
want to be lied to instead of hearing the truth of the Word of God. When we are not thinking right, when we're discouraged, we call certain people because we want them to encourage us in our discouragement to be more discouraged. Isn't it terrible? Oh, yeah, it's terrible. It's probably not going to work out. Yeah, I know. I know. It's terrible. I've never even experienced anything so bad. Yeah, it's all it's awful. Oh, yeah. You know who to call when you need to really be really, really discouraged, don't you? Because that's what we would rather have. That's what our flesh wants. Our flesh wants coddled and cuddled and, and oh, it'll be, you, you, oh, it's so bad. So people, people are so mean and so terrible and it's so awful. That's what, that's what, that's what our flesh wants. God wants us to long instead. We would rather hear God's rebuke than the lies of men. That's what we should be seeking for. Lord, I would rather hear your rebuke. I would rather hear your mean tones than the slippery, honey-dropped words of lies. But next... Next, we hear how the singer leads them from the paths of foolishness to light, showing them that those that follow the words of God are set apart for Him, for He is never alone. He comes in the time of trouble. What help will be the tongues of these flatterers when you need the strong arm of God? Will they be able to do anything? Oh no, but God will. He will hear. He will come. He will enlarge me and have mercy on me. But no, the Lord has set him apart that is godly for himself. For the Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your heart upon your beds. And you go, is that really what the psalm is doing? Oh yeah, that's what's going on in the psalm. And then there's a musical stop. Boom. You guys like it? That's what God is giving us in the psalm. It's not just words to, to recite or to memorize. It's a song to be sung. Offer sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in God. There may be those who say, who will show us any good, but Lord, lift up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart. More than in the time of corn and wine, I will lay down in peace and sleep. For Lord, you make me to dwell in safety. That's what's going on in Psalm 4. This was a song. Some, this is a song we need to sing sometime. Amen? And that's what we're doing today. Because Proverbs chapter 3 says, when thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. I think of my wife, you know, I'm not going to be home. And my big boys aren't going to be home. And my big girls are not going to be home. And I don't know, Elaine, you might have trouble like Andrew. You're like, I can't sleep. I'm, I can hear every sound. I wonder what's going on. I'm, you know, they're, my big man ain't here to take care of me. Because I'm, I'm ready to take care. I'm, I'm a light sleeper. She doesn't have to worry about anything when I'm there. But what God is saying, honey, go to sleep. Don't be afraid. When thou liest down, Proverbs 3, thou shalt not be afraid. Thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep 
shall be sweet. Isn't that great? Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. When I read that, Derek, I, I got real excited. You ready for this? Because he doesn't sleep. We can. Because he doesn't rest in that he is watching and that he cares and that he never leaves us. We can rest and we can sleep. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved, or he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. For the Lord shall preserve thee from evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth evermore. And it leads us back to Psalm 127 that says, Except the Lord build the house, they that labor, they labor how? In vain. Unless the Lord keep the city, the watchman, he wakes but in. It is vain for you to rise up early, to set up late, to eat of the bread of sorrows, for you to worry about, for you to go, what's going to happen? For you to worry, am I going to be safe? It's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he giveth his beloved sleep. It's amazing that God cares about sleep, that he gives it to us. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of thy youth. Foises, don't worry about Nevaeh. Goldsmiths, don't worry about your daughter, Sarah. Because God can watch over her way better than you can, Heath. Amen? God's even more vigilant than Christy Goldsmith. It's amazing. Isn't it funny how we're more comfortable when things are under our power and control? You know why? Because we're, we're foolish. They're always under His. Amen? Happy is the man that have his quiver full of him. He shall not be ashamed. But they shall speak of the enemies in the gate. Play us a little bit, and I'm going to sing Psalm 4 a little bit for you as we end. Is that all right, guys? Start us off with the little ones and then go into, the, go into that other thing. If we had a little bit more time, we could really make this good for you. I just told Matthew about this about 10 minutes before church started, so... <laughs> Hear me when I call, O God, God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Enlarge me when I am in distress. Hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will you love lies instead of seeking my name, O Lord? But know the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear me when I call. 
Stand in awe. Sin not commune with him upon your bed. And be still. Offer the Lord the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Go to the other corn, the other. There may be those who say, who will show us any good, O Lord? Lift up thy light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than the time of corn and wine. I will lay me down in peace and sleep. It's kind of like that. Isn't God good? He not only gives us rest, but He gives us morning rest. Let us pray. Lord, You are good to us. Lord, You know at our home we have a little spot between me and Mama where our kids sometimes come in the mornings or sometimes even at night and they snuggle in our beds. We call that little spot the sweet spot right between mom and dad. We know that even our dog has figured this out, Lord. He wants to be there between mom and dad and the safety and the warmth of the, the beautiful bed that mom has made for us, the soft covers, the pillows. Lord, I remember doing that at my own house growing up, being welcomed in and being loved and being safe. And Lord, may we see you as that sweet spot, that place of safety, Lord, between your arms, oh Lord. That you hide us and that you protect us and that you give us peace that we might rest, oh Lord. Help us, Lord God, to shun and, and, and shed our worries and our troubles and our cares and to cast them on you because you care for us. And that we would find our rest in you today on this beautiful Sabbath. May we find rest. In Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Robinette of Foundation Church. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to our audio sermons. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions, or just to let us know how they served you. Go to our website, www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a note. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to serve you. Oh,